Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board. It is Thursday, January 6th. Michael Beller here with you. We are going to take a look ahead to some more Week 18 lines, just as we did last Monday. We've got a little bit more to dive into here on this Thursday. We're also going to take a look at the College Hoops action ahead of us on this Thursday night. So a jam-packed show, Best on the Board, presented to you by BetMGM. Let's get in. With us to talk NFL is Andrew DeWitt. DeWitt, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? I am doing well. Zach Jackson also with us. Zach, of course, uh, covers the Cleveland Browns for us at The Athletic. Uh, Some of you probably know him very well from The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, Friday edition, when we talk gambling. So with that show, with that episode, that version of that show done for the season, I thought we'd bring Zach over to Best on the Board to join us, not only for Week 18, but all the way through the playoffs. Zach, how's it going? Good. Tried to pick a couple winners all year. Uh, Mostly just picked a couple, but uh, we did finish kind of strong, Michael, so let's ride it out. We did finish strong, and something you finished strong on was just basically blindly taking Browns unders, no matter what, no matter what the number was, no matter who the opponent was, just throw out a Browns under, and those were coming through with uh, with quite a bit of strength over the last like six, seven weeks of the season. And so what we're going to do here on this episode is just talk about some of the games that we are most interested in in Week 18, mostly because we can trust the teams that we're talking about to play it straight. They've got something to play for. They have something at stake this week. So we want to focus on those, but we also want to get this browns Bengals game in since you have the expertise on this, Zach. It's been uh, sort of a fall apart second half of the season for the Cleveland Browns. They're going up against the AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals have nothing to play for. We already know Joe Burrow's not playing. We know Joe Mixon's not playing, and so that makes the Browns six-point favorites in this game with a total of 38. What can you tell us about this game from the Browns' point of view? Because we know Baker Mayfield also not going to be out there. Yeah, I would I would say that the only thing you screwed up was blindly. It was not blindly. It was because I was watching, right? Um, the offense just bottomed out. So now you're probably not going to play your running backs. Certainly Nick Chubb is not going to play more than a little yep. bit. Um, Case Keenum's going to come in, and, and the offense isn't really going to look any different. He might take better care of the ball, but he's not going to take many chances. On the other side, it's Brandon. Brandon Allen, right? It's not Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon. Uh, The Bengals are down guys on both lines. This will be basically a preseason game. And why do you like preseason unders? Because both teams want to keep it simple. Both teams want to get on the bus and get the hell out of there, right? Specifically the Bengals, who have a game to play next week. And the Browns have been done now for for two games. So um, I know you talked about 44. I I tapped in a little at 42 earlier in the week. But when I went back yesterday, when it was official that Burrow's out, that Mixon's out, that the Browns are probably not going to play, you know, key guys on both sides. 38 still looks good to me because 16 points wins this game. Uh, we're looking at wind in Cleveland on Sunday, and we're looking at not a lot of motivation, right? The Browns <laughs> have been signing running backs to their practice squad with the idea that they'll hand them the ball, let them get some film, and run out the clock. Under, under, under. Yeah, DeWitt, we talked about this on Monday, and we were jumping all over 44, and at that time it was – you know, Joe Burrow was going to maybe play, but we were speculating on the fact that Cincinnati would lose all motivation if and when the Chiefs take care of business on Saturday. And so we jumped on it then, and now we see it here at 38. Is there anything you like in this game now with where it sits, Browns minus six, and the total being at 38? I mean, I think I, there's still like a good correlate. Like, so James Holtzauer wrote a column for us this week talking about mm-hmm. how the Bengals don't even have any motivation to win even if the Chiefs lost, because then that would put them on the Titan side of the bracket, sure. <laughs> potentially. Are the And if they lose, they'll be on the Titan side of the bracket, yep. which is probably like if you're looking at the AFC, like would you rather play the Chiefs or the Titans? And I think <laughs> yeah. almost everyone's going to say you'd rather play the Titans. And mm-hmm. so 
I, I mean, I think there's some good correlation, um, you know, in taking like maybe taking the Browns in a parlay and parlaying that across the board with a few of like the other games that we assume like kind of like Patriots are going to take care of business or something like that. Where Titans. it's like or the Bills, Titans. The Titans like, still of, need to win to get that one seed. They still right, have to yeah. beat the so Jaguars. There's like, we know inherent advantages here and the teams they're facing are trying to lose so they get a better draft spot. So it's just even though I, I fully believe that players don't care about the draft spots, like they're just out there to play. But they? the yep. coaches definitely know. So um, and they have motivation because they're. Mm-hmm. Their boss is the owner. So, yeah, I mean, other than, outside of that, I, I mean, outside of taking the Browns and kind of like parlaying it together, I, I I don't really see anything else. I mean, I bet it early in the week on the under when we talked about mm-hmm. it on Monday. So that was kind of my my play in this game. Yeah, hey, I want to jump in real quick. Yeah. That's a really good point about the bracket. Um, and not only is Arrowhead the place that nobody really wants to go to, mm-hmm. but Cincinnati and Nashville, that's a driving distance type of thing. That, that's yeah. a 20,000 Bengals fans can buy tickets. You know, that's a 35-minute flight for the team. So, you know, is it, what, what's that really mean? I don't know. But given the mm-hmm. preference, sure, it's an easy choice. Yeah, right. No one's – Zach Taylor's not going to come out and say it uh, in a press conference. Like, eh, we, you know, we, we're, we assume we're going to win our first-round game, and then we want to draw the Titans instead of the Chiefs. But, you know, that has to be somewhere in the back of their minds as they're thinking about the way that the AFC bracket is going to lay itself out. Um, you know, No offense to the Titans. They're getting back healthy, and they were looking very good when they were fully healthy. But with the way the Chiefs are going, I think everyone would rather go through Tennessee first and then maybe draw the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. Speaking of those Chiefs, they do plan Saturday, and they've got something to play for. Now, they need the Titans to lose if they are going to be the one seed, and we all assume that the Titans are going to take care of business. They are also are double-digit favorites this weekend and retain that one seed, the lone buy in the AFC side of the bracket, get the uh, AFC running through Nashville. But the Chiefs definitely have something to play for in this game. 10-point favorites, 44 is the total. This one in Denver. I like the Chiefs, you guys. I mean, I do think that they take care of business. I wonder if we see them more willing to take guys out early when they do get a lead, but I still think that Chiefs minus 10, Zach, is is the way that I that I want to go here to the extent that I'm probably going to end up playing it. Yeah, it's a pass for me, um, and I slightly disagree, actually, Michael, and that's okay. just because I the Chiefs need to win the game, but they don't need to win by two scores. So at yeah. very least, I see the back door open at the end against mm-hmm. not the full-strength Chiefs defense, right? I kind of lean under. Um, I've seen Drew Locke play, for one. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. the, the Broncos want to drag it out a little bit, but – this is a pass for me. The first game Saturday, sometimes it's hard to do that, right? You're all jacked up. The NFL is on. There's nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. else on except the FCS game. Um, but yeah, I, I, if I had to pick a side, I would take the double digits. But th- this one's a pass for me. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the Chiefs The Chiefs are kind of banged up on, like, they didn't have their left tackle on Sunday. He right. heard, he practiced yesterday. Like, they're kind of banged up on both lines. So, but that being said, I've seen Drew Locke play too. And as a Missouri grad, I can tell you that he's probably not the answer for Broncos or any high scoring game. But yeah, I mean, I, I see the Chiefs winning and, and kind of maybe using them in, in a parlay this weekend, mm-hmm. um, kind of round robbing with the different teams that have motivation to win this weekend. But I, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of taking the points there. It's just, it's just scary to me. It's just yeah. really scary because like, like Zach said, there's no motivation for them to like go out there and just continue to, to score a bunch of points. Mm-hmm. Like, and I see them probably taking Mahomes out of you know in the second half if they're up big. Yeah. Um, they've done that in some games recently too. So, yeah, especially when, I mean they they have to assume that they've got a game to play next week. I sure, mean, you they, have yeah, to. They, they, right? They they you know they can get the one seed, but they can't really think that the Titans are 
going to lose. And if it happens, it happens. But they got to assume that they've got some sort of game coming to them next week and, you know, potentially one against a team that they know very well, depending on the outcome of another game that we're going to talk about. But first, I want to talk about my fa- I think this is my favorite one of the week, you guys. Rams, four and a half point favorites at home against the 49ers. Again, the Rams need this. The Rams lose, the Cardinals win, the Cardinals win the, the NFC West, the Rams go on the road in the first round of the playoffs. The 49ers, they need this because if they lose and the Saints beat the Falcons and the Saints are favored in that game, the Saints are in the playoffs, the 49ers are out of the playoffs. So this is a game where two teams, without question, throughout the game, will have something at stake. I think that might be the only game where that is the case that we know that for sure going into the game. There's no doubt about it. Both teams need to play all 60 minutes, need to get a win in this one. I like the Rams a lot in this spot, you guys. Rams minus four and a half, probably my favorite week 18 play. What are you looking at with this one, DeWitt? Uh, I kind of like the 49ers. Um, I think I'm just, I'll just, I mean, I just, if you're making me make a pick, I think I would, I would lean 49ers. I think, you know, I think their defense is pretty good. I think the 49ers kind of have the Rams number and the Rams just like have a lot of red flags to me still. Although the the win last week in Baltimore was pretty impressive, even if the the Ravens were a little beat up on the secondary and, you know, starting their backup quarterback. But I really, I I just like the 49ers to come through in this spot. I think they do, they have a little bit more to play for than the Rams. Like the Rams, at the end of the day, know they're in the playoffs. Even if they are trying to get that. home versus going on the road to Dallas or Arizona in the first round. I don't know exactly how that maps out, but that's a huge difference versus playing at home against maybe the Saints, maybe the Niners again, like the, maybe the Eagles. That's a huge difference. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's no doubt the Rams want to win this game. I'm just thinking, I think I like the 49ers in this spot to kind of come through and cover the, the four and a half, even though they may not. They didn't, I mean, honestly, they, I probably won't pick them in my straight up pool, but I think, you know, I just like the, the, the getting the numbers here and getting the four and a half instead of like something closer to three, three and a half is mm-hmm. the key here for me. Uh, I have a play in this game, and it's Rams' first half. Uh, the, the Niners have gotten to seven points in the first half in Trey Lance's starts, right? We're mm-hmm. still talking about a young player. We're talking about a kid that's played 20 games past high school football, right? And this it's is crazy. big stakes. The Rams <laughs> need it too. So um, I, I just like the Rams to score, obviously. They weren't. They were, they were very bad in the first half last week, but uh, mm-hmm. they're back in the sunshine, right? And uh, mm-hmm. inside. And um, I just think they come out in the first half, cover the three, at very least, it pushes, but I think they're up four or seven, maybe ten uh, in the first half, just just based on Lance's overall inexperience yeah. and the urgency that they should be playing with, given the circumstances that you guys laid out. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, this is just a monster one, just an absolutely monster game on both sides, and I think you've you've got it pretty diagnosed well there, Zach. And I like the first half play also. I just, you know, I think we, you know, we still. I mean, it took the 49ers a while to find themselves last week also against a pretty inferior opponent. And you talk about, you know, this team, this offense has to, it has to change from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance. It has to change. So, right, this isn't just about Trey Lance's inexperience. It's about the inexperience of the players around him playing the style of offense that they have to play when Trey Lance is the starting quarterback versus what they do when Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback. It's not to say they can't do it and do it well and do it effectively from start to finish, but it's a tall order. And it's a tall order when you're playing a team as good as the Rams on the road when they have as much to play for as they do. So I'm I'm really feeling the Rams quite a bit in this game. Um, is there anything else that we that we want to that we want to diagnose in this one before we go on to our final game of the uh, of the weekend here? I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with riding Debo Samuel props, right? Yeah. To support touchdown <laughs> total yards because he does it, and they should be in a come from behind situation. But yeah, I, I mean, it's 
it's good. It's a good game. It's good TV. The stakes yeah. you've mentioned. Um, I expect the Rams to win, but no, I, the first half was the one that jumped out to me. And what Andrew mentioned earlier about if you're looking for parlays to, you know, people to win, I, I, I would mm-hmm. certainly put the Rams in that. Yeah, this is uh, just a, a huge one, a huge one, absolutely. And you could maybe, I mean, this is something else to check out this column from James Holtzauer, really good uh, strategy betting for week 18. You could, I mean, if the if the Cardinals look up and they see, you know, Rams 21-10 at halftime, do they take the foot off the gas? Because they know they're now locked into being the five seed. And they've really got nothing to play for at that point. And Kyler's been banged up already this season. Like some other things to think about. There's a lot to think about. Definitely uh, check out the James Holtzauer column for, uh, for subscribe to the athletic we'll throw that in the show notes something to think about as you are making your week 18 bets last game uh, not only for us here but of the entire weekend of the nfl regular season it is chargers and raiders chargers are minus three in this one at las vegas 49 and a half is the total now there is a way where this doesn't mean something to the raiders but that takes a jaguars upset that no one believes is going to happen so let's just assume Everything plays to script, or at least everything that these teams care about plays to script going into their game. And this is a win or go home matchup for these two teams. What do you like in this one, Zach, if you like anything? Yeah, I don't love anything. Um, I worry about the last time we saw the Chargers on national TV and Brandon Staley was leaving points uh, on the table, right? I know what they want to be and all of mm-hmm. that. And, and uh, listen, I've, I've been a Chargers fan since August. We talked about them, right? Yep. If I had to take something here, I'm probably taking the Raiders plus. I, I just, I just the full three, I like. But it, it's, you know, we we all think that the Jaguars are going to get killed because they've been getting killed since November 15th. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we think this is going to be one and done. We think it's going to be everything the networks and the NFL wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, I just, I don't have a, too strong of a lean, but I would lean towards taking the home team plus the, the full three. Man, I would lean the other way. I, I don't know if I'm going to play it. Uh, but I lean the other way, and it's maybe the only thing I like in this game, if only because you know, the Chargers, for all of their offensive skill, have not been as reliably an over team as you want them to be. When you just sure. look at them on paper, right, with with Herbert, with Eckler, with Keenan Allen, with Mike Williams, uh, Sean Slater's obviously been a huge get for them. They just haven't been that sort of team this season consistently. Well, one thing, Michael, not only in August was I singing the praises of the Chargers, but I was also betting them over nine and a half for the season. So oh. Raiders plus three <laughs> would be a way to hope like hell that the Chargers win by one or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that is a beautiful little middle opportunity uh, that you've got for yourself here this weekend. DeWitt, anything jumping out to you as a play in this one? No, I, I mean, I made the Chargers at minus two and a half in the line open on Sunday. I bet that one immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I mean, I think Justin Herbert's the better quarterback. I don't think he's going to make the mistakes that Derek Carr tends to make in these big games. Um, and I just, honestly, I, I just think that the Raiders are going to run out of steam here. They've had, they put a, some nice wins together here at the end of the season after all the turmoil. I think one thing to key in on is Darren Waller was limited per- participant in practice this week Mm -hmm. like if he's active I think that changes the Raiders offense a lot because Derek Carr is always looking for him and their their offense has not been as good since he's been injured so I think that's one thing to keep an eye on is and maybe injury reports come out and I I mean if you're the Raiders there's no point in in telling anyone if he's gonna play this weekend or not but I think there's a chance he plays and I think that changes things towards the Raiders a little bit if he does um and I mean that's just kind of where I'm at I'm gonna stick with my play on the Chargers at minus two and a half on Sunday I mean, you can bet it at three for sure. It's yeah, no reason for you to right bet it there. at three once you've got it at two and a half. No, yeah, but I think <laughs> I I like the Chargers. I just think they're they're going to yeah. put it together this week. 
Um, you know, it's indoor. That's another thing is that we see these indoor teams struck traveling and they don't like playing on the road and these element games, but this mm-hmm. one's indoor too. So, yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, if the, the chiefs, right. If we get a chiefs win, a Titans win and a chargers win, uh, I mean, even a Raiders win, but the chargers wins more interesting to me because then we set up a first round matchup, seven versus two chargers versus chiefs at Arrowhead. That would be a very fun matchup. I think is that Sunday night or Monday night. What do you guys? Uh, Yeah, right. That's uh, one of those. I'm I'm, going to say Sunday night. If that ends up being the matchup, I think bills Patriots goes to Monday. If that happens. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, could have some fun little divisional showdowns if this all works out the way that script would at least tell us it's going to work out. And I know that that Chiefs, uh, that Chiefs Chargers potential matchup would uh, definitely have the eye of our next guest that we're going to be bringing on here in just a minute. But for now, we sign off for the NFL. Zach Jackson, Andrew DeWitt, thanks for being with us, you guys, on this episode of Best on the Board. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, college hoops now up here, and CJ Moore joining us. CJ, of course, our college basketball team's foremost Kansas City Chiefs fan. So, uh, quite a lot going on for you this weekend, Case or CJ. You've got the Chiefs uh, playing on Saturday. Then you sit back and wait and see who they draw. You hope for a Titans upset, right? But if that doesn't happen, you you tune into Sunday Night Football. You got Chargers and Raiders, and you see who the Chiefs are going to play in the first round. It's a fun weekend ahead for you. Plus, you know your actual job and stuff. I'm a little sick about last weekend still. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they'll, they'll be fine. That uh, let's <laughs> talk about that sweatshirt though. I like that. Where's that? Oh yeah. Who, who, boom boom. Let's like jump right. Or thing or did who makes that one? Um, I can't remember to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I'll I'll check out the. I'll, I'll, I don't want to take it off on air, but I'll ta- <laughs> I'll check out the tag uh, after we're done here, and I'll oh. text you. Because, uh, yeah, thank you. I love I love everything. I love the the old logo, the drawstrings, yeah. everything about it looks great and. You know who else looks great? Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis looks great. I know you're working on something with uh, with Johnny Davis, a little film room study, and the Badgers working on a little something also. So let's let's start there as we break down Thursday's college hoop slate. Wisconsin back in action after that upset victory over Purdue in West Lafayette. They return home as three and a half point favorites against Keegan Murray and the Iowa Hawkeyes. And 146 and a half, CJ, is the total. Is Frank Kaminsky back in Madison? 146 and a half for a Wisconsin Iowa basketball game. This is not the sorts of numbers that we expect to see from these two teams. Uh, first of all, I mean, tell us about the, your, your work on Johnny Davis and what do you think of when you look at this game? Well, um, bet Iowa, since I'm working on something like <laughs> like that, that, uh, that Iowa is probably coming, right? Um, nah, he, he is, he is a heck of an athlete. Unlike most Iowa, uh, Wisconsin guys you usually have, right? Like, uh, he, he's really yep. got to get up and go and, and, uh, been impressed with his ability to just kind of get to his spot and rise up and, and make shots over people. I don't think he's a great shooter, but he's a great scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's, he's been fun to watch on tape. Um, I can see what all the, uh, all the buzz is about and I can see why he's putting up the numbers. I almost think, you might agree with it. I think they should probably run a little bit more for him than they even do. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can go back and uh, if, if you're if you're so inclined, CJ, you can go and search for um, my Johnny Davis tweets from last season. Um, because I think every single Badger game I watched, I tweeted something along the lines of "Please play him more." I mean, yeah. he was he played like he he probably gave the Badgers like. 15 minutes a game last year, uh-huh. and it was just insane because I mean, the Badgers just don't have guys like this who 
can create their own, who can attack the rack and create their own shot. As can, I mean, I, I think you have to go all the way back to Devin Harris to find the last Wisconsin guy who can get to the basket and create his own shot as well as Johnny Davis can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they had they had a pretty good crew when Sam Decker and uh, Kaminsky and them was dudes, oh, for right sure. now, but a little different. Yeah, little little different. No one who no one who scored it and who created opportunities for himself and his teammates in same, the same way that Davis does. Is there anything here that you uh, that you do like, or is this a pass for you with Wisconsin laying the three and a half? I'm a you know I'll be honest. I don't think I've consumed enough Iowa basketball to have a great feel mm-hmm. on the Hawkeyes. I'm I'm leaning Wisconsin in the under mm-hmm. on this because I think that's yeah. a pretty good number. Um, but uh, you know I, I should probably stay away just. To- <laughs> ruin my uh my johnny davis story <laughs> if, if i make a you know strong yeah. wisconsin play here then they're gonna lose and it's it's just gonna you know wisconsin's gonna lose their buzz in like a week and my story is just gonna be so under, under feels like a play for me too i mean 146 yeah. and a half is a, a ridiculous number to see attached to, to especially to wisconsin i mean even with what they just did against purdue this is still not a team that's gonna get out and go uh without yeah easy opportunities to do so. And so yeah, that I mean, feels like the, the best play to me in this game. Purdue's the best yeah. offense in college basketball. And and if that yeah. was the number on that game and the under would hit. So yeah. there you yeah. go. Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, next game that we've got here on our slate. A fun game. This is uh, definitely one. If you can tune into it, check mm-hmm. it out. These are two mid-major teams that we could both see dancing uh, come March. Loyola and San Francisco. Loyola, two-and-a-half-point favorites, this game being played in Chicago. 131-and-a-half is the number on this one, the total on this one. Does anything jump out at you when you look at these two teams going heads-up, CJ? Uh, Yeah, you know, it's kind of elite defense in San Francisco versus elite offense in in Loyola, Chicago. Um, San Francisco runs you off the three-point line, and uh, Ramblers shoot a lot of threes, Mm -hmm. so be interesting to watch but you know the other thing the ramblers do is they shoot twos really well it's kind of like um creighton if you follow that team the past years like always shoot a lot of threes play fast but when they um they've always shoot really well from the inside the arc because they stretch you out so much and make you you know rush out to those shooters that you get easier too so it's kind of a similar deal with uh the ramblers you look at all his losses they've lost to by two to michigan state and by nine to Auburn, Auburn is top 10 good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think Sparty is probably about top 15-ish good. So, um, you know, the run hesitation here is the Ramblers haven't played anybody since December 10th win at Vanderbilt, which is a, looking a little bit better win than, than it did at the time. Um, so that's kind of concerning. That's a long, long layoff. But they're also a very, very experienced team. So I feel like old dudes can handle a layoff. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. better than a young team could. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning uh, Lola to cover here. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably the way that I would go here also a, f- a very fun game though. And, um, you know, we could, it's, it's a different WCC than we've seen in, in recent years. You got a much more competitive WCC, obviously Gonzaga is still reigning at the top, but this could be a conference that puts four teams into the tournament. And if it does San Francisco, it's going to be one of those teams. So definitely something that you're going to want to check out. If you can get eyeballs on this game, a very fun matchup, seeing these two teams go uh, heads up into conference play. It's fun to get these two teams, uh, going, uh, going 
going up against each other, two teams that we could be talking about as potential Cinderella's come March. Let's jump back into the Big Ten for a second. It is Thursday, so it's a Big Ten day, certainly, in the college basketball world. Illinois, big favorites, 11.5 points they are laying at home against Maryland. we got a 140.5 total on this one. And Illinois starting to round into the form that we expected them to be showing for the balance of the season. Yeah, I, I really like Illinois. I was I was with them in Kansas City, um, did a behind-the-scenes piece with them when they were kind of in a little bit of a funk and they kind of started to figure some things out that week. And, man, they've just been shooting the lights out. Um, Kofi's just been awesome. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's been the best big man <laughs> in basketball. He's a bad, bad dude in the paint. And they, uh, you know, Brad Underwood told me at the time, like, our plan was to put all these shooters around him and – um, you know, we thought felt like it was going to work. And at that time they weren't shooting it great. Well, they've been just shooting the heck out of it since then. So, um, you know, one thing I think is, is kind of something to consider in this game is you motivation can kind of be a, a play when the, the numbers a little bit bigger. Right. right. And I went, you know, Maryland beat Miss Illinois last year, but in that game, Kofi went for uh, 21 points on eight to 10 shooting. Mm-hmm. So one Maryland struggled to defend him a year ago. If you go back through their games, they haven't done well against good big guys this year. And you've got a motivated Illini team who's like, hey, these dudes beat us last year. So it's a big number, but I think I, I lean, you know, I, I obviously I think Illinois is going to win the game. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd lean on them covering just because I think they're that much better. And, you know, maybe they'll want to pour it on a little bit since Maryland beat them last year. Yeah, a little bit of too big of a number for me to really want to chase uh, at this one, but I'm with you. If I were forced to make a pick on the line, it would definitely be Illinois laying the 11 and a half. We've got a huge college basketball weekend ahead of us. Uh, don't just assume that it's the couple of NFL games that we've got on Saturday. Great college basketball Saturday ahead of us. I want to look at one game, CJ, a game that you know well, a matchup that you know very well. That's going to be taking place on Saturday, Kansas at Texas Tech, of course. We're 48 hours away from this. No lines available just yet. So we'll look at the Ken Palm line. Got Kansas minus one, a 141 total on this one. Ken Palm's got this as a 71-70 victory for the Jayhawks. Of course, Kansas coming off a win over Oklahoma State earlier this season. The dog knows all about it. And Texas Tech coming off an ugly one against Iowa State uh, just on Wednesday. Iowa State winning 51-47. to We've seen uh, Texas Tech play a couple of games like that this season already, uh, CJ. So take a look at this. Kansas, Texas Tech, what do you expect to this matchup to play like? Oh, my dog says this is a stay away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, um, I would, uh, you know, initially I would probably have bet Tech. But uh, if you watched Texas Tech last night, dudes, <laughs> if you watched it, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was hard to watch. Uh, they had seven dudes, and I'm guessing, you know, I haven't done any reporting on this. I haven't talked to anybody at Tech um, yet, but I'm guessing some, if not all, will miss the KU game, judging the timelines. I mean, they just mm-hmm. played night game Saturday. Right. Um, Tech needs Terrence Shannon in the worst way. Like they need to get him back pronto for their their offense. Yeah. Um, so they got Baylor early, Baylor next Tuesday. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Right. Like tech, and I like Tech a lot. Um, I think their defense is just the the Red Raiders defense is fantastic. Yeah. Like that defense is legitimately awesome. So I'm, but I just don't think that they like Kansas is going to at least score a little bit and. Mm-hmm. Tech and let, until they get their full 
everybody back. I'm not sure their offense can hang with KU. Um, so I think I like KU. I, I anticipate this number will grow a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the Ken Palm line's not pricing in those guys yeah. being out. And so Absolutely. the real so, line's not going to be at Kansas, Kansas minus one. Yeah, but here, here's the play for every Texas Tech. This is a public service announcement <laughs> for anybody who's, who's careful who's uh, placing <laughs> Texas Tech bets this year. Um, here are the totals in high major games against high major opponents for Texas Tech. 140. Okay, that's that's the high one. Mm-hmm. Then you got 109, an overtime game against Tennessee. <laughs> overtime. Ugly one. 124. That's against Gonzaga, who always has an awesome on- offense. Mm-hmm. 124. And then last night, 98, which included – a meaningless buzzer beater beating three. Not meaningless, meaningless to everyone, CJ. Meaningless unless you had <laughs> Iowa State minus four and a half. <laughs> Not but meaningless to meaningless everyone. In the, uh, I mean, so honestly, that game should be like 95, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, Texas Tech is involved. Yeah. I say we'll be under, and more times or not, you're going to make money. And it's probably not a bad idea in the Big 12 this year to just go with that philosophy all the time. Bet the unders because the defense in this league is, is really good. Eventually, I guess they Vegas will probably catch yeah. up to that. But uh, the unders usually, especially early on here, probably a smart play. This is beautiful, uh, CJ, because you bring us full circle. We started out this episode of Best on the Board talking about Cleveland Browns unders and how bankable they've been all season long. And here we are wrapping it up with Texas Tech unders. We, we, need, we need a new under. The Browns are done this weekend. We need a new under team. And I think we found it. The Texas Tech go. Red Raiders. That's going to do it for us here on Best on the Board, presented to you by BetMGM. For CJ, for Andrew, and for Zach, I am Michael Beller signing off saying thank you for listening. And as always, happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.